0: Section 19b, Law of Armed Conflict. 19.5, Law of Armed Conflict Defined. The Law of War, also called the Law of Armed Conflict, or LOAC, is defined by the Department of Defense as the part of international law that regulates the conduct of armed hostilities, the protection of victims of international and non-international armed conflict belligerent occupation, and the relationships between belligerent, neutral, and non-belligerent states. Purpose of Law of Armed Conflict LOAC arises from civilized nations' humanitarian desire to lessen the effects of conflicts. LOAC protects combatants and non-combatants, including civilians, from unnecessary suffering and provides fundamental protections for persons who fall into the hands of the enemy, particularly prisoners of war, civilians, and military wounded, sick, and shipwrecked. The law aims to keep conflicts from degenerating into savagery and brutality, thereby helping restore peace. LOAC also serves to assist commanders in ensuring the disciplined and efficient use of military force And preserving the professionalism and humanity of combatants. Law of Armed Conflict Training. DoD Directive 2311.01E, Department of Defense Law of War Program, requires each military department to design a program that ensures LOAC observance, prevents violations, ensures prompt reporting of alleged violations, appropriately trains all forces and completes a legal review of new weapons. LOAC training is an obligation of the United States under provisions of the 1949 Geneva Conventions, other law of war treaties, and customary international law. Air Force personnel receive LOAC training commensurate with their duties and responsibilities. Certain groups, such as air crews, medical personnel, and security forces receive specialized training to address unique situations they may encounter. Law of Armed Conflict Treaty Obligations Article Six of the U.S. Constitution states that treaty obligations of the United States are the supreme law of the land, and the U.S. Supreme Court has held that international legal obligations, to include custom, is part of United States law. This means that treaties and international agreements to which the United States is a party enjoy equal status to laws passed by Congress and signed by the U.S. President. Therefore, all persons subject to United States law must observe LOAC obligations, as well as military personnel, civilians, and contractors authorized to accompany the U.S. Armed Forces when planning or executing operations. 19.6 Law of Armed Conflict Principles Five important LOAC principles govern armed conflict and are addressed here. Military Necessity Military necessity is the LOAC principle that justifies the use of all measures needed to defeat the enemy as quickly and efficiently as possible that are not prohibited by the law of war. Attacks must be limited to military objectives. Combatants, unprivileged belligerents, and civilians taking a direct part in hostilities are military objectives and may be made the object of attack. Military objectives, insofar as objects are concerned, include objects which, by their nature, location, purpose, or use, make an effective contribution to military action and whose total or partial destruction, capture, or neutralization at the time offer a definite military advantage. Examples of these objects include tanks, military aircraft, bases, supplies, lines of communication, and headquarters. Military necessity does not authorize all military action and destruction. Under no circumstances may military necessity authorize actions specifically prohibited by the law of war, such as the murder of prisoners of war, ill-treatment of prisoners of war or internees, the taking of hostages, or execution or reprisal against a person or object specifically protected from reprisal. Humanity. The LOAC principle of humanity forbids the infliction of suffering, injury, or destruction unnecessary to accomplish a legitimate military purpose. Although military necessity justifies certain actions necessary to defeat the enemy as quickly and efficiently as possible. Military necessity cannot justify actions not necessary to achieving this purpose. Moreover, once a military purpose has been achieved, inflicting more suffering is unnecessary and should be avoided. For example, if any enemy combatant has been placed or de combat, in other words, taken out of the fight through incapacitation by being severely wounded or captured, no military purpose is served by continuing to attack him or her. Similarly, the principle of humanity has been viewed as the source of the civilian population's immunity from being made the object of attack because their inoffensive and harmless character means there is no military purpose served by attacking them. Distinction. The LOAC principle of distinction imposes a requirement to distinguish, discriminate between the military forces and the civilian population and between unprotected and protected objects. Military force may be directed only against military objects or objectives and not against civilian objects. Civilian objects, such as places of worship, schools, hospitals, and dwellings are protected from attack. A defender has an obligation to separate civilians and civilian objects either in the defender's country or in an occupied area from military targets. However, civilian objects can lose their protected status if they are used to make an effective contribution to military action. Employment of voluntary or involuntary human shields to protect military objectives or individual military units or personnel is a fundamental violation of the law of war principle of distinction. Parties to a conflict must not disguise their military forces as civilians or as other protected categories of persons to kill or wound opposing forces. Proportionality. Proportionality, as a principle of the LOAC, may be defined as the expectation that even where one is justified in acting one must not act in a way that is unreasonable or excessive. Proportionality generally considers the justification for acting against expected harms to determine whether the response is disproportionate in comparison to the initiated or predicted action or attack. In war, incidental damage to the civilian population and civilian objects is unfortunate and tragic, but inevitable. Applying the proportionality rule in conducting attacks does not require that no incidental damage result from attacks. Rather, this rule creates obligations to refrain from attacks where the expected harm incidental to such attacks would be considered excessive in relation to the concrete and direct military advantage anticipated to be gained and to take feasible precautions in planning and conducting attacks to reduce the risk of harm to civilians and other persons and objects. Honor. Honor is a principle of the LOAC that requires a certain amount of fairness in offense and defense and a certain mutual respect between opposing military forces. In doing so, Honor reflects the principle that parties to a conflict must accept certain limits on their ability to conduct hostilities. Honor also forbids the resort to means, expedients, or conduct that would constitute a breach of trust with the enemy. Enemies must deal with one another in good faith in their non-hostile relations. Even in the conduct of hostilities, good faith prohibits, one, Killing or wounding enemy persons by resort to perfidy, treachery. 2. Misusing certain signs. 3. Fighting in the enemy's uniform. 4. Feigning non-hostile relations to seek a military advantage. and 5. Compelling nationals of a hostile party to take part in the operations of war directed against their own country. Honor, however, does not forbid parties from using ruses and other lawful deceptions against which which the enemy ought to take measures to protect itself. 19.7 The Protection of War Victims and Classes of Persons The Geneva Conventions of 1949 consist of four separate international treaties that aim to protect all persons taking no active part in hostilities including members of military forces who have laid down their arms and those combatants placed out of the fight due to sickness, wounds, detention, or any other cause. These treaties also seek to protect civilians and private property. The Geneva Conventions also distinguish between combatants, non-combatants, and civilians. Should doubt exist as to whether a captured individual is a lawful combatant, non-combatant, or an unprivileged belligerent, the individual will receive the protections of the Geneva Prisoner of War Convention until status is determined. Combatants. Lawful or privileged combatants are 1. Members of the military forces of a state that is a party to a conflict, aside from certain categories of medical and religious personnel. 2. Under certain conditions, members of militia or volunteer corps who are not part of the military forces of a state but belong to a state, and three, inhabitants of an area who participate in a kind of popular uprising to defend against foreign invaders known as a levée en masse, a combatant is commanded by a person responsible for subordinates, wears fixed distinctive emblems or uniforms recognizable at a distance, carries arms openly, and conducts his or her combat operations according to LOAC. Lawful combatants are subject to capture and detention as prisoners of war by opposing military forces. Combatants have a special legal status as well as certain rights, duties, and liabilities. They have the right to prisoner of war status if they fall into the power of the enemy during international armed conflict. Combatants have legal immunity from domestic law for acts done under military authority and in accordance with the law of war. Non combatants. Non-combatants include certain military personnel who are members of the military forces not authorized to engage in combatant activities such as permanent medical personnel and religious affairs personnel. Non-combatants must be respected and protected and may not be made the object of attack. Civilians. Civilians, a type of non-combatants, are protected persons, and may not be made the object of direct attack. They may, however, suffer injury or death incident to a direct attack on a military objective without such an attack violating LOAC if such attack is on a lawful target by lawful means. With limited exceptions, the LOAC does not authorize civilians to take an active or direct part in hostilities. Unprivileged belligerents a distinction not made by the Geneva Conventions. The term unprivileged belligerent is not used in the Geneva Conventions, but is defined in the DOD Manual on the Law of War as lawful combatants who have forfeited the privileges of combatant status by engaging in spying or sabotage and private persons who have forfeited one or more of the protections of civilian status by engaging in hostilities. An unprivileged belligerent is an individual who is not authorized by a state that is party to a conflict to take part in hostilities but does so anyway. 19.8 Military Objectives Military objectives are limited to those objects or installations that, by their own nature, location, purpose, or use, make an effective contribution to military action and whose total or partial destruction, capture, or neutralization in the circumstances ruling at the time offer a definite military advantage. Protection of civilians and civilian objects. Military objectives may not be attacked when the expected incidental loss of civilian life, injury to civilians, and damage to civilian objects would be excessive in relation to the concrete and direct military advantage expected to be gained. In general, military operations must not be directed against civilians. In particular, civilians must not be made the object of attack and must not be used as shields or hostages. Measures of intimidation or terrorism against the civilian population are prohibited including acts or threats of violence with the primary purpose of spreading terror. The principle that military operations must not be directed against civilians does not prohibit military operations short of violence that are militarily necessary. For example, such operations may include stopping and searching civilians for weapons and verifying that they are civilians, Temporarily detaining civilians for reasons of mission accomplishment, self-defense, or for their own safety. Collecting intelligence from civilians, including interrogating civilians, restricting the movement of civilians, or directing their movement away from military operations for their own protection, or seeking to influence enemy civilians with propaganda. Reasonable precautions to reduce the risk of harm to civilians and civilian objects must be taken when planning and conducting attacks and in connection with certain types of weapons. Also, reasonable precautions should be taken to mitigate the burden on civilians when seizing or destroying enemy property. Commanders and other decision-makers must make decisions in good faith and based on the information available to them. Even when information is imperfect or lacking, as will frequently be the case during armed conflict, commanders and other decision makers may direct and conduct military operations so long as they make a good faith assessment of the information that is available to them at the time. Judge advocates, intelligence, and operations personnel play a critical role in determining the propriety of a target and the choice of weapon to be used under the particular circumstances known to the commander when planning an attack. Protected Objects. The LOAC provides specific protection to certain objects, including medical units or establishments, transports of wounded and sick personnel, military and civilian hospital ships, safety zones established under the Geneva Conventions, religious, cultural, and charitable buildings, monuments, and prisoners of war camps. However, if these protected objects are used for military purposes, they may lose their protected status. An attack on protected objects near lawful military objectives that suffer collateral damage when the nearby military objectives are lawfully engaged does not violate LOAC. Enemy aircraft and air crew. Enemy military aircraft may be attacked and destroyed unless in neutral airspace or territory. Airmen who parachute from a disabled aircraft and offer no resistance may not be attacked. Airmen who resist in descent or are downed behind their own lines and who continue to fight may be subject to attack. The rules of engagement for a particular operation often include additional guidance for attacking enemy aircraft consistent with LOAC obligations. An enemy's public and private non-military aircraft are generally not subject to attack unless used for a military purpose. If a civil aircraft initiates an attack, it may be considered an immediate military threat and may be lawfully attacked. An immediate military threat justifying an attack may also exist when reasonable suspicion exists of a hostile intent, such as when a civil aircraft approaches a military base at high speed or enters enemy territory without permission and disregards signals or warnings to land or proceed to a designated place. Military medical aircraft are used exclusively for the removal of the wounded and sick, and for the transport of medical personnel and equipment. Military medical aircraft are entitled to protection from attack by enemy combatants while flying at heights, times, and on routes specifically agreed upon between the parties to the conflict. Under LOAC, a military medical aircraft found to be in violation of established agreements could be lawfully attacked and destroyed. 19.9. Enforcing Law of Armed Conflict Rules. All Department of Defense personnel, including contractors when assigned to or accompanying deployed armed forces, comply with LOAC during all armed conflicts and military operations. LOAC principles and rules are consistent with military doctrine for a profession of arms that are the basis for effective combat operations. Following doctrinal guidance such as accuracy of targeting, concentration of effort, maximization of military advantage, conservation of resources, avoidance of excessive collateral damage, and economy of force is consistent with LOAC and reinforces compliance. Each member of the armed services has a duty to comply with LOAC which includes the refusal to comply with clearly illegal orders to commit violations of LOAC. For LOAC violations, members can be prosecuted by courts-martial under the Uniform Code of Military Justice or through an international military tribunal. Reporting Violations Department of Defense personnel who suspect or have information which might reasonably be viewed as a violation of the LOAC committed by or against United States personnel, enemy personnel, or any other individual shall promptly report the violation to their immediate commander or the proper authority. This includes violations by the enemy, allies, U.S. armed forces, or others. If the allegation involves or may involve a United States commander, the report should be made to the next higher United States command authority. Particular circumstances may require that the report be made to the nearest judge advocate, inspector general, a special agent in the Office of Special Investigations, or a security forces member. Reprisal Reprisals are extreme measures of coercion used to enforce LOAC by seeking to persuade an adversary to cease violations. Reprisals shall be resorted to only after careful inquiry into the facts to determine that the enemy has, in fact, violated the law. To be legal, reprisals must respond in a proportionate manner to the preceding illegal act by the party against which they are taken. Identical reprisals are the easiest to justify as proportionate because subjective comparisons are not involved. Reprisals must be made public and denounced as such. Prohibited in all circumstances are the use of mines, booby traps, and other devices, either in offense, defense, or by way of reprisals against the civilian population, as such, or against individual civilians or civilian objects. Reprisals are likewise prohibited against medical personnel and chaplains, medical units and facilities, hospitals and ships, and against prisoners of war. The authority to conduct reprisal is held at the national level. Service members and units are not to take reprisal action on their own initiative. 19.10 Rules of engagement. Rules of engagement exist to ensure use of force in an operation occurs according to national policy goals, mission requirements, and the rule of law. In general, rules of engagement set parameters for when, where, how, and why, and against whom commanders and their airmen may use force. All airmen have a duty and a legal obligation to understand, remember, and apply rules of engagement. The standing rules of engagement are approved by the U.S. President and Secretary of Defense and are issued by the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They provide implementation guidance on the inherent right of self-defense and the application of force for mission accomplishment. Note. Mission-specific rules of engagement present a more specific application of LOAC principles tailored to the political and military nature of a mission, which are contained in execution orders, operations plans, and operations orders. Commanders at every echelon have an obligation to ensure that all operations comply with the mission rules of engagement and with the standing rules of engagement. Self-defense The fundamental United States policy on self-defense is repeatedly stated throughout the Standing Rules of Engagement. These rules do not limit a commander's inherent authority and obligation to use all necessary means available to take all appropriate actions in self-defense of the commander's unit and other U.S. armed forces in the vicinity. Self-defense methods include national, collective, unit, and individual levels of action. Several elements must be considered before undertaking the use of force in self-defense. De-escalation. When time and circumstances permit, the forces committing hostile acts or hostile intent should be warned and given the opportunity to withdraw or cease threatening actions. Necessity. Rules of engagement provide more specific guidance to operations and are guided by LOAC. Therefore, the principle of necessity applied to the rules of engagement focuses on the threat perceived by an individual or if a hostile act is committed or hostile intent is demonstrated against U.S. Armed Forces or other designated persons or property. Necessity requires that no reasonable alternative means of redress are available. Hostilities are defined as forces or threats of force used against the United States, U.S. Armed Forces, Designated Persons, and Property, or intended to impede the mission of U.S. Armed Forces. Proportionality Applying the basic LOAC principle of proportionality to the Rules of Engagement relates to the reasonableness of the response to a threat. In self-defense, U.S. armed forces may only use the amount of force necessary to decisively counter a hostile act or a demonstration of hostile intent and ensure the continued safety of U.S. armed forces or other designated persons and property. Force used must be reasonable in intensity, duration, and magnitude, compared to the threat based on facts known to the commander at the time. Pursuit U.S. armed forces can pursue and engage a hostile force that has committed a hostile act or demonstrated a hostile intent if those forces continue to commit hostile acts or demonstrate hostile intent. Applicable rules of engagement may restrict or place limitations on U.S. Armed Forces' ability to pursue or engage a hostile force across an international border.